0: This is more than a coffee shop conversation, not at Artichoke Music, with Art Levine, our national editor when he's not being an author and one of the best investigative reporters on earth. He's going to talk about the current phenomenon of musicians and comedians live streaming performances from their homes. I hope you've been catching ours, OMN Live, which streams every Sunday at 6 p.m. on our Facebook page. Maybe we'll get lucky in this podcast and you'll get to hear one or more of Art's famed endless and endlessly entertaining rants we can only hope
1: well we're, mm-hmm. we're we're seeing a lot of emerging and established art, artists performing on live streams for different venues and
0: and we, uh, we we right, and we had OMN o- o- had our first OMN live this past Sunday right or or let's see that was Sunday the uh, the uh, third, uh, the tenth, Sunday the tenth. Uh, if this doesn't go until next week, so.
1: <laughs> right, right,
0: uh, yeah. That's a, we're, it's good. It's going to be a weekly thing.
1: And right, and you, you. That's great. And, and tell, tell, tell your listeners who who was that artist because it wasn't. He was news to me, so tell me who he was.
0: Anthony Cadiz. Oh, okay. Interesting. Singer songwriter uh, who has a little hip hop flavor to his lyrics, although the, the music's not hip hop.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've been. Uh, that's one of the things, though. I've been doing reporting for you that I haven't had a chance to actually write an article, but I, yet, but <laughs> I will, because I'm trying to save American democracy by doing reporting on our vulnerable election systems now worsened by um, <laughs> threats to. Uh, the coronavirus, uh, the uh, d- efforts to destroy vote by mail access by oh I don't know defunding the post office. Well, Although we have good and, news in Wisconsin and, today. And you,
0: think, and you think that's more important than post punk indie music? Uh,
1: in some <laughs> ways, in some ways it
0: is, I guess. I think in every way it is.
1: <laughs> and. Uh, and you know i was very uh so by the way w- w- so let's we can jump right into some of the discoveries i've been making both for musicians and comedians
0: yeah
1: how they're taking advantage of it but i i want to give props to uh your uh your um your portland musicians jack mortensen help pull together and produce this really astounding zoom uh Zoom collective fundraiser yeah. uh, for GoFundMe using mm-hmm. all these great uh, Portland musicians for Ain't No Mountain High Enough. And they were, when I checked last week, they were, you know, like at 36,000 of the 50,000. They may have already yeah. reached their 50,000 yeah. by uh, now. Uh, Jeremy,
0: Jeremy Wilson's or- organization. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a musician himself. And right. a few years back, he started a a uh, a fund for musicians who didn't have health 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 insurance. Right. And it's a great thing. It's a great thing. I we we he 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 was on the podcast a few weeks ago when this thing first started. Remember that? Remember just before it first started and we were living a regular life?
1: Yeah, we were sort of thinking, well, it might be bad for a few weeks, but then we didn't I I don't know when I real you know I did know when I realized it, how bad it was. It was when I saw Lori Garrett for the first time, the Pulitzer Prize winning journalist on one of the MSNBC shows, and it might have been Rachel or Last Word, and she was so uh, concerned, she had written an article in late January, late January, she had put together how Trump had destroyed the, um, you know, pandemic uh, yeah. pandemic uh, task force at, at the NSC, the National Security Council, mm-hmm. and, and how we were totally unprepared, and I and she'd ordered pu- and she was on. And I I literally then went as soon as it rang off. I started ordering protective gloves and masks <laughs> and hand sanitizer, yeah, yeah. and it had not yet become as hard to find. And then eventually I began ordering some of the stuff via eBay, and now I've over ordered some protective gloves, <laughs> and I'm going to be shipping them to an ER doctor who lives <laughs> in the neighborhood of a friend of mine. So. Uh, the whole thing is just uh, remarkable, and for people in need of help, there is a very good list contained in a um, Vox article about the growth of mutual aid networks across the country, and there's a master list in that article, uh, and so undoubtedly in a community like Portland, I'm sure there's a mutual aid group that's sprung up mm-hmm. worth looking into, but in the meantime, we have to try to support the musicians, comedians, spoken word artists and and clubs and restaurants that are so vital to artistry in your city, my city Washington mm-hmm. and our country mm-hmm. and and all of that is is basically been, you know, severely damaged. So I've interviewed some local and national uh, uh performers about what they're doing and I've learned a lot and I'm impressed with what they're doing. And so I want to run by some of the uh, musicians and comedians who mm-hmm. are doing doing well and pu- putting out unique product. Some of them across the pond. So locally, where I live in Washington D.C., I thought one of the best produced. And they were they were uh, they're not putting out product every every week or so. What they're they they're sort of picking their shots and. They're they're called the Moonshine Society and they do kind of upbeat jump blues R and B and soul mm-hmm. and they did a excellent uh, performance that drew a lot of interest and support uh, on 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 a number of websites and they I also learned about a website that's called Virtual Music because kindness is contagious mm-hmm. and that is a really good aggregation on Facebook of 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 local and lesser known artists putting the work up but as you've noted uh, off mic and now on mic uh, it's you can you have to actually take a listen cuz it, it, it's not curated by quality right. but it's <laughs> like better. anybody who wants to put something up there but i find that most of the people i think most of the people who put up there are actual Pretty good working musicians, mm-hmm. and um, so as a result, they got you know uh, you know a few thousand or you know and uh, uh, people viewing it. Um, uh, the Car- uh, the Moonshine Society, another local musician, Carly Harvey, who's known as the uh, D.C. Queen of the Blues, and won a- awards here, and went down to. Uh, to, uh, to participate in an international blues society contest and was in the top finalist. She's been doing a series of concerts based around themes from her home, very effectively done. Uh, one, you know, every third. She may be changing it, but every Thursday in the evening and then Sunday at four. And she did one. Her first one was on blues, or Sunday one was on at uh, uh was on jazz and then she did an all Adele tribute oh. and she's quite a really good musician who has a very loyal following um, and and she's you know she's one of these people whose whose business uh, has relied on on concerts, uh, local concerts, local club gigs where she was a regular. But one of the things that she's been able to do for her, is she also is a voice teacher and a piano teacher, and she continues to give Zoom lessons. Uh-huh. Um, and she she or another was telling me that one or other of these different uh, you know interface softwares, some of them have a uh, a time delay. And so they're not really good for real time piano instruction and others are okay. But the concept is, is that she's able to keep her tutorial business mostly alive through Zoom, which I think is very heartening and something that musicians in your area who are teaching people skills can keep in mind through Zoom or other ways of, of direct interface. And, and so that's, that's something, but. The other thing that I've, I've also found uh, very exciting is um, uh, with some national comedians, and as you know, I write about comedy, and I we profiled uh, and interviewed Aaron Foley, the great the great Los Angeles based uh, comedian, who's now ensconced in a writing job, uh, uh, one day at a time, or one of these. Sitcoms on Netflix, and then that production on that has ceased. But I, that's an example of uh, comedians I follow. But and to na- uh, two to three different national comedians that I follow have all turned to, to uh, live streams for various purposes. And one of the most remarkable is a, a comedian, a- actress, and playwright named Sue Costello who I did a rave review about along with some other comedians I'm mentioning here, um, a play, a one-woman play that's just astounding mix of poignance and humor. And she's been doing what is, I think, almost a near miracle. <laughs> like every day at 5 p.m. on her Sue Costello Facebook page and on her I am Sue Costello on Instagram, she does a like a, a, a 32-hour show that is a mix of pep talk, uh, high energy, uh, storytelling, humor, spirituality, advice, building community. It's, It's not straight entertainment, but it's very remarkable and inspiring. And she's working on building the audience for it. Uh, by you know having to learn how to build out the audience, but the content she's producing is pretty remarkable. And you you like while well, the rest of us, the reason that she's able to do it, and I did an interview with her, and um, we did a background interview, and then uh, so, then we edited it down, and I'm able to use some of the on the record material. Uh, she basically has been through such hard knocks in her life where she went, you know, late 20s was a sitcom store that she was co-producing on a show called Costello and then had a big downturn in her career and then had an upturn and she's had, you know, had a comeback by, you know, having a lead role or a feature role in the, in the movie The Fighter. She's she suffered in various ways that she explains in this brilliant one-woman play that I really felt was as good as anything that um, Whoopi Goldberg did on Broadway or Lily Tomlin in terms of combining humor and and power. It's an actual one-woman play. So she is used to dealing with hard times, so she's really prepared for this. So if you turn in your – like if you're depressed going – Oh my God! How am I going to get through this? And then you turn around and you go, "How is she doing this?" You know, yeah, like the yeah. energy energizer bunny of pop positivity uh-huh. in tough circuit. But she's not like she's Pollyannish, mm-hmm. but she's but she understands as an artist and an individual. She's living in Queens, which is like the hardest hit area among the hardest hit areas of New York City. Uh, you know, as an epicenter and managing to produce this content. And just the, it was it was touching, and she man like this weekend she she had planned she was she she was going to be in Portland, Maine. She had a big gig that previously she killed, and then she was going to be visiting her family uh, for Easter in Boston. She grew up in Boston, and and all of that's gone. And so there she is in her apartment in you know Astoria, Queens, yeah. doing doing a show. But but other people, uh, two great, great, great comedians, uh, Jackie Cation, who I've written about before and is a headliner and is kind of an every-woman comedian who does really striking storytelling and, and jokes, and I've interviewed her before, and is a regular opener with Maria Bamford, but also is a headliner in her own right, has had best-selling albums, uh, on uh, iTunes and Amazon Music when she's released them, uh, but hasn't had a Netflix special. She's been, she is a, one of the people who's managed to figure out how to successfully monetize this period. When, she, and she was very open with me in the interview, and, and she even edited down the interview that I did with her while I was scrambling with the software. She managed to, um, She managed to record it and then edit it down and send it back to me and post it kind of unlinked uh, and unheralded on YouTube. And I'll be posting that as a kind of list of links here that you Uh can use here. And she let me just tell you what she did. So she did a quickie uh, Zoom show that was within two hours of announcing it on her Facebook and Twitter page. And then she had 75 people sign up and everyone who attended – Donated, and she tried out a half hour of new material from her kitchen, right? Hmm. And at the end of the half hour, she got six hundred bucks. You know, good. pretty good. Pretty good. People were right. donating, and um, uh, Carly got. Um, and she told me explicitly she was wiped out for the spring and early summer. Mm-hmm. She lost thirty six thousand dollars in bookings. Sure. You know, and then right. Maria, go ahead.
0: Well, sure. You know, uh, I, I, you've seen the the uh, Ray Gordons.
1: Yes, I was about here. to a, mention a, that. Yeah, uh, yeah, Carly. Carly is uh, one of the reasons Carly drew uh, about a thousand viewers to her show, even though prior she wasn't as well known nationally as she was on the Homebound Blues we- uh, Facebook page that is getting mm-hmm. a lot of traffic. That Ray Gordon, one of your Star blue singers and a well-known figure that you were, you know, have been a leader in kind of interviewing and promoting. Her, she's getting a lot of attention across the blues community.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was uh, about a year, maybe two years ago now. She was, she finished, I don't know, third in the blues uh, music awards in in uh, in in Memphis. But I had to meet some. I was picking somebody up at the airport, and and a whole bunch of people were there to meet her. And really? she flew in. and She thought I was there to meet her, but I actually was there to meet somebody else.
1: But, <laughs> but there funny. were people there to meet her like she was the Beatles coming back to to Britain, but well, not as big. Not as big. <laughs> but how often does a, a kind of a journey woman blues performer have people greeting her at the airport on return? I think that's kind of nice. You well, know? they could have
0: been her friends, but they were fans, could've too. Been but still, yeah. It's, yeah. it's nice. It's that, it was nice. That, it was very nice. That is
1: nice, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, uh, but one of the things that's impressive for me as a, a, a kind of maven and fan of comedy, and particularly of the, I guess my favorite comedian now is Maria Bamford, as you may know from reading my three or four different articles, one interview yeah. with her. Uh, I follow, I basically follow a lot of her material, as it generated first in podcasts and then becomes part of her routines. And she later became very famous, obviously. And I helped hound um, uh, Jason Zinneman uh, uh, of the New York Times comedy columnist to go cover her show that was at the New York University School of Social – New School for Social Sciences because she was on a panel. And he he had a rule that he wouldn't cover – Anyone who wasn't that he didn't see live and she didn't wasn't performing in New York then and he went down and see her and then when she had her breakthrough video for national attention which is her special 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 it ended up on the front page of the New York Times in an article he wrote so I've been following her career yeah. and champion her well now I learned a little late because I was I didn't set my Facebook algorithms to have her everything she posts show up So she's been trying out new material for her next hour, okay? I Uh just saw her previous hour like a few months ago that's now a CD Mm -hmm. that's out, uh, which is called Weakness Is My Brand. And now she's actually – she's one of these uh, comedians who really works on her material very carefully – writes it down, memorizes it and then tweaks it mm-hmm. over and over. So instead, so what she's doing is she's working on a routine much of the I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen I've phoned in or, or, or phoned in or listened to some of it uh, the zoom shows that she's doing. And she's working on one routine which I won't give away, but it's about her being honored by the Harvard Lampoon. And it's a sort of elaborate comic story about Uh them sort of hazing her and her not really sure what's going on and so on. But the concept is she's doing it. And, and first she did it with people would sign up and it was a limit to a hundred people who could sign up. And then, and that means that's usually, and there would be a hundred people sign up and that would be a limit. But then she had some zoom bombing. Some hecklers or some people ended up. So she had to stop that. And then she figured out a new way of doing it, which it turns out to be pretty effective. Make people pay money in advance. Okay. (laughs) So. She did that for you know five dollars to see Maria Bamford work out new material. Mm-hmm. I, it's like for me that's like that's like Picasso saying, "Hey, I'm working on something about the Spanish Civil War. It's called Guernica. You want to yeah. see my sketches? <laughs> yes, I would, Mister Picasso." Yeah. I guess you know, uh,
0: I guess she, she does that uh, like, but Pete Davidson doesn't. Right, right, right. <laughs> did Pete you see Dav- Did you see his special? No, his, is his it Netflix? It's no, like he, I have It's like he walked up on stage and hadn't thought of anything yet.
1: Yeah, well, in some <laughs> cases you go, oh, that's just the affect. That's just the persona. No. In his case, you go, no, no. that's uh. actually what happened.
0: So what's the matter? Uh, so you like Maria Bamford? What's the matter? Nikki Glaser too dirty for you?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I, now Bamford occasionally makes uh, – well, which occasionally makes risque jokes about her life with her husband.
0: Not like Nikki um, Glaser does.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I I myself, it, you know, I, I basically go by how funny the stuff is. But the other thing that what, I'm for a, big, a
0: comedian, why would you do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's the thing is I always think like, like, who is uh, like Dice Clay? I absolutely hate it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because he was so stupid and vulgar. It was like, I'm sorry, Lenny Bruce did not die for your sins. Right, In other words, right. <laughs> you have geniuses like Lenny Bruce and Richard Pryor who used obscenity perfectly appropriately as part of comedic genius. Right. And they have people who are just vulgar. So right. it's, I, it's, I, it's,
0: it's like it's like guys who are still playing Jimi Hendrix licks. You know?
1: <laughs> right. But I like Jimi Hendrix's licks. You know, oh. I think they're good. I'm always impressed when people can, you know, play Jimi Hendrix's licks because they're often difficult. But but the other thing is that I found um so this weekend I I'm gonna be is as a this is really good. So I saw uh, I saw Jackie, uh, Jackie has two podcasts, one's called Dor- Dork Forest and the other's is called uh, The uh, Jackie and Lori Show and it's her good friend Laurie Kilmartin who's a really good comedian and a writer on The Conan Show, so she has a job but she's a single mom, she's also an author, she had, she and uh, another young comic who works with them and Jackie did a three-part a three-part show, Zoom show, that had like 200 people, 200 people in it, and then they had donations, and J- Jackie was working out new, all new material that she had been working out in clubs, and Lori tried out some new bits that were very polished, but still new material, and one is going to be a masterpiece, it's about her 10-year-old son reading Anne Frank for the first time the Anne Frank diaries <laughs> and she's a young mother
0: a lot of yucks on a lot of yucks with those
1: well that's the point <laughs> is that's how the point of it is it's a brilliant it she addresses everything from the holocaust to teenage girls to uh, you know what's too far for kids what's too far for comedians all in the same bit it's really a piece of brilliant work huh. and And there's a, you know, I agree with the view that literally, if you do it right, there's literally no topic you can't do a comedic routine about. And some people have said that wherever the line is, like Dan Hicks, you go cross it. You You know, know, like
0: uh, Jerry Lewis and the comedian in the in in (laughs) outfits.
1: Yeah, well, that's the point. Is it's not (laughs) funny. But the stories about
0: people. Yucks. Let's make some yucks about Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, right.
1: Well, but that's the point is good comedians can make a funny, like Bill Burr made a funny routine about pedophilia. It wasn't about being pro-pedophilia, but it was, But he was doing a routine where in the old days, like 40 years ago, 30, 20 years ago, he could say, hey, that's an acute kid you have, right? Right. <laughs> And, and now, no adult male yeah. can say anything like that to right. any strange children right. in the right. presence of the mother. You right. know, right. but, the, 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 you know, I mean, my view on it, but there's uh, two things I need to say about the, the comedic work. One of the things I've noticed is um, and, uh, there's coming up, for instance, this weekend as a fundraiser for a really important. And popular club in Burbank is Flappers, and Maria Bamford, Jackie Cation, and Lori Kilmartin are all doing new and some older material as a fundraiser for them and the club, which is really a great idea that I think could be emulated where uh, clubs can partner with their regular or star performers. and. And then overseas, I've been – I'm a fan of the alternative comedy scene in England and a really remarkable show co-hosted by um, a a 20-year veteran of BBC broadcasting and a leader in the alternative comedy community named Robin Ince and a younger kind of uh, leading young comic who made her name in Edinburgh Edinburgh Festival who's been a prize winner and does a series of one-woman shows – they're co-hosting something called Cosmic Shambles and there's really not every day and it's it's replayed on YouTube and on their cosmicshambles.com website where they're dis, they're each telling little stories about what's going on in their life and they have musicians, authors, experts, scientists and well-known actors and they're and the level of discussion is so erudite because they're british You know, I just think the level of erudition and being well read and Josie and so Josie herself um, has been she was in the middle of a tour for her latest one woman show that did very well. She's been a comedian since she was 15. She has like a dozen one woman shows out or more. She was in the middle of a new of her tour over her latest her latest thing about being a young mother. With, and and she was then – in so this morning, she uh, – our time, noon their time, she did that show from her home, and the interplay between her telling stories about becoming accidentally pregnant and then wanting to give birth but trying to do New Age and worrying about the climate, because she's very politically active, and they're wandering in the back of her in her kitchen – is the boyfriend she's doing routines about? In other <laughs> words, the real life boyfriend yeah. is actually there getting something out of the snack, gotcha. and 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 so it's it's this remarkable interplay uh, between the life and the uh, between the life and the show time.
0: So uh, when do you think uh, Bob Dylan's going to stream his his new song? Live stream his new song.
1: Oh my God, it's the first number one Billboard hit. I couldn't believe it was the, the first. It makes us feel good. Like, we're, we're us longtime Dylan fans can still feel that this Nobel Prize winning Grammy winner is kind of a cult artist if he doesn't have his first number one hit until he's 78 with a 17 minute song about. About the murder of JFK. And
0: so, so he 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 says. I mean, t- tell me if you think I'm wrong, but he he does mark the beginning of, of the decline of America from the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Well, the, I think in it, that song.
1: I think it's true. It was it was the first. I absolutely think it's true. And there's a debate. I love you. There's a debate uh, with. By the way, your friend Sean Levy really had the smartest, most eloquent take about it. I can barely do justice. The
0: yeah, it was beautiful.
1: Homeric, you know, yeah, uh, Homeric yeah. seer marking with the tapping of the end of time right. and our cultural artifacts drifting yeah. away. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the The Guardian's review about all of those cultural signposts, some of which, frankly, were there for rhyming purposes. Of course, but still, <laughs> not just they, they just fit the rhymes. But however, there's two views. All of this legacy is going to be disappearing amid the current horror <laughs> shows of multiple pandemics and mm-hmm. global warming and mm-hmm. who know and rising autocracy and possible world war III, or they are to be held on to and cherished in these tough times. <laughs> There's two views here. I I don't know which one, but it does remind us uh, of the value of it, but what was really remarkable, he was an early early De- an early Beatles fan. And in the song, the Beatles come off as these, like, like sharing your views of them. You and Dylan <laughs> in this song have the same view. Basically, Beatles come off as these, like, uh, so- pop so- sopsters to uh, Amer- America's Wounded Heart. You right. know, they're going to come over and hold your hand.
0: And With all the he- references, I noticed he didn't mention Joey Gallo.
1: <laughs> well... <laughs> I guess because he knew Joey Gallo. <laughs> I guess he could say, or we could say, I knew, I knew, uh, I knew uh, Hurricane Ruben Carter, and you, Joey Gallo, are no Hurricane Ruben Carter. So no, now uh, Ga-
0: no. He, no he, he lionized Joey Gallo.
1: Well, I know that's what I'm getting at. Is yeah. he tried to turn Joey Gallo, the sociopathic murderer? Yes. <laughs> and by the way, there's the debate, you know, off of the film we both love, The Irishman, right. that the killing uh, that is lying. Oh, one that's of the
0: kill- not, that didn't happen at all like that.
1: Right. It was Joey Gallo, I right. think. Heard, was Joey the killer or no, the? No, Joey, the, the, Joey uh,
0: was the guy who was killed. Who got killed? And it wasn't. It, it wasn't Ed. What is name?
1: Sharon or whatever. Not Ed Sharon. Ed is a, a
0: singer. Is a singer. Ed
1: Sharon, <laughs> noted mafia hitman <laughs> yeah. and English pop singer. I easily get them confused. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever that character, De Niro's character was named in. Uh,
0: yeah, but that was really, uh, you know. I wonder if people like ever remind Dylan that hey, hey, man, you know, you wrote a stupid song about fucking mob, mafioso. You know, what is, what the hell are you thinking about?
1: <laughs> well, but but here's the the point on that though is, Dylan's total, the closest thing to. Um, I figure, oh, the, the the closest thing to pieces of shit, and I think he wrote it as a contract breaker was self-portrait. If you think of the volume of his writing, not everything is at the level of you know, just like a woman. <laughs> oh, no, I'll say. And <laughs> he's had a number of dogs, and particularly, you know, since the 80s, he's had a number of dog songs. But the general quality is still pretty, is still good. But this is one of his great, great songs. You're the one who said it's the saddest song ever written. It is. And and yep. that's very apt. Yeah. And, you, and you know about this phenomena that's kind of related to live streaming, which is young African-Americans are listening and watching to baby boomer <laughs> yeah. musician heroes music for the first time. It is a phenomena that is really weird. And, and they have like hundreds of thousands of followers with mostly, I think white baby boomers really curious about young bl- blacks who grew up in the hip hop era reacting generally positively to their musical heroes. So th- there's one of this young woman I forgot her name, Keisha. I forgot her exact yeah, name. Yeah. Listening, so the face, the face, the camera's on her, but then she minisc- puts in mini size the actual thing, and she's reacting in real time to the JFK, entire JFK song. it makes
0: it makes it makes um, American Pie and We Didn't Start the Fire sound like Mary Had a Little Lamb.
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) American, absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to think of there. I think the only legacy is, uh, you know, his own earlier work, like Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. Yep. You know, earlier masterpieces that Mm -hmm. he wrote, Mm -hmm. you know, in his 20s that changed the face of America. How old is
0: this song?
1: That's the thing. He said, I did it a while ago, right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So, like, Is he showing his unerring taste to always leave off the very best songs that he does of each album? His taste for choosing what to leave off is as bad as Van Morrison's taste when Van Morrison picks his own best of anthology that he creates. He'll lead off with washing windows or some mediocrity. Dylan Dylan famously left off Blind Willie McTell, Yeah. This masterpiece. (laughs) And, like, it's still, I haven't seen a good explanation. I think even Greal Marcus can't figure out, what?
0: (laughs) You know, uh, just getting back to the live streaming for a minute. Yes. When this thing hit, okay, so, like, it it really, so all of a sudden we have to stay inside, right? All of a sudden. Yeah. And it's all, and people my age and your age, uh, especially with health problems, have a target on our backs, right? Right, So right. I'm like sitting around and waiting to die, right? Right. And all of a sudden, one Sunday, Aaron Neville streamed in his living room. Oh, yes. People were crying all over the country, all over the world. That's a great example. It was example. one of the most emotional experiences I've ever had. I mean it was I'm it was outside amazing. of
1: seeing him I saw it like I saw him live in the gospel tent like you undoubtedly yeah. have
0: seen. him. Yeah, yeah. And, but this and was just, different. It was different because of the moment in time.
1: Because of the moment in time. And to see yeah. him do it was so extraordinary. People I even get emotional thinking. It was yeah. truly emotional. And it was you know, I learned about it from you. I didn't see it in real time, and then I saw it, and then it was archived, and it was remarkable. It was shared – I think thousands and thousands of people shared it. It really was – I mean, that is the importance of art. Um, There's even a – I, I, on the, you know, it's not quite live streaming, but I listen a lot to a podcast called Gaslit Nation, which is a very mm-hmm. radical perspective by two journalists who follow autocracy. And one of them, Sarah Kenzie, has a new book out called Hiding in Plain Sight, tra- tracking the 40 years of corruption and greed that brought us Trump. But she, their latest show had an interview with an artist, a filmmaker. From Ukraine, who was in prison in Siberia for five years, wow. and managed through collaborators on the outside to write a, a film while there. And he is the concept is is that art. We are now facing dark times, both through the coronavirus and moving to what could be a very, very even darker future politically, and. Art is really central to letting us remind us of what it is to be human and to give us hope and joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well good luck us.
1: Well, it's yeah. what it's what we have to lean on.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's
1: what we have to lead. Well, lean you on. know,
0: every every uh, every week on my radio show, I mean, you know, I, there are three things that I, I strive for: uh, comfort, inspiration, and but and butt shaking.
1: Right, I think those are <laughs> all important, and and I, I I post your you know show about it. It's a it is a great show, even though you're a great good friend of mine. I do think. When you are when that show airs, and it used to be live, and now you're amazingly doing it from your home, yeah. uh, I do think it is the best music show being broadcast in the world at well, that point. Well, thank That's you. how
0: good it is. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it is, you know, it's weird. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm always, I've always, been really up to date about when somebody dies. I'll, I'll play their tunes, and I could. I had to wait three weeks because I'm working three weeks ahead to play Bill right. Withers. You know, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, you know, there was John Fine,
1: a- Bill Withers, all these great artists going right. before right. their time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it is definitely saddening and 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 infuriating because I've been also reading all of the journalism very carefully coming out from. Uh, Bloomberg News, Washington Post, New York Times. I have a friend who's, a, who's worked on, Sheila Kaplan has worked on some of the stories about our failed testing uh, mm-hmm. rollout and, and and watching the level of failure and then complimented by the outrageous lies and now apparently today was his most, it's hard to say like his most outrageous briefing ever. Yes, apparently so. I mean, if you're, if that is a really, when you have a bar that low and then you go even lower, it's, it's remarkable.
0: Yep. yep. So, you know, uh, we just so got to keep. Art it,
1: and comedy, and I'll be sending you some web links that I hope you can post underneath the, uh, it'll be a yeah, little on the website. Yeah, it'll, it'll be right,
0: right here on the page.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you, Tom. Right. it a privilege talking to you, and thanks a lot. the great you,